People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. How you feeling? I'm good. How are you? I think season four was a transformative one. I so agree. I actually like factually know that it was. It really was. So many things were changing. We were at such a pivotal time in their lives, which I don't think I realized going in. It really was. And there are a lot of articles that actually specifically date back to this time saying how Chloe's wedding and Courtney's pregnancy is what like took the show to the next level or like kept the show going, which is so interesting that it's two plot points that had nothing to do with Kim. Yeah. I think a lot of it also was because we were starting as an audience to understand the level with which they were willing to share. You know, There are only so many intimate things that can happen before such intense life events. And so- for them to show those, I think, yeah, you're right. It changed the trajectory of the show for sure. These were also the plot points that were actual news stories for the first time. Like I remember obviously being so invested in Chloe and Lamar as a celebrity couple, not just as a reality TV show point. And I think a lot of people who didn't watch the show at all also kind of felt that way. And that's what really took it from reality show to like famous family. Yeah, we'll talk about that actually when we get to the second episode when Chloe and Lamar are doing their first ever joint appearance and it's on Chelsea lately. But you see how she was not just on because she was Chloe Kardashian. It was very much the two of them together. Right, exactly. I very much enjoyed both of these. These are two very iconic episodes. So episode three really centers around two things. The first is a continuation of Chloe's anger issues. Because if you remember last week, that was when her and Scott got into that legitimate physical altercation. She slapped him across the face. And so we're now kind of seeing the fallout here. And then the second issue is, as we know, one of the most infamous plot points that has ever happened, where Chris wants to give Caitlin Viagra puts it in her coffee, Rob ends up drinking the coffee and ends up having an erection that lasts for hours and hours. And we are with him on that process. There is a part of me with that plot point that almost wishes that it was a fake plot point because to have to have the discussion of like, oh, should we introduce this where Chris accidentally gives her son Viagra that was intended for her husband is maybe the funniest behind the scenes conversation somebody could have. (laughs) I know. And It's very hard. We may end up cutting this out, but I'm just being honest. It's very hard to watch 
Rob Kardashian at his prime, by the way, in a situation where like he has this ongoing erection and we can't even do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to help him so badly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to offer some services in it in a really kind of a friendly manner. I think the issue at hand though is like no matter how many services took place, it wasn't going to solve the issue. No, it wouldn't have. However, it can make the time pass by in a little bit more of a fun manner. That's very true. So in terms of the Chloe anger one, the two things that we just want to mention are that when Scott is having that lunch with Courtney and Chris, he's the one that directly says to Chris that Chloe needs to confront the anger issues. And the reason I mention it is because a few seasons ago, there's no way that Scott would be, I don't want to say asserting his dominance because it's not dominance, but giving Chris any sort of a guideline, you know, or asserting the fact that he has such a solid place in this family where he is making almost a demand of Chloe and he wants Chris to get on board with it, which was totally the right thing. He was correct, but it just showed that he definitely felt a lot more comfortable than he felt previously. Oh, absolutely. He came into that situation with no like reservations in terms of telling Chris exactly how he felt. And interestingly enough, Chris was so receptive to that. We're in a couple of episodes ago or like one episode ago, you were seeing Chris really struggle with the idea of Scott being a part of the family and really not being thrilled about the whole situation. So to go from that to Chris saying like, you know what, Scott, I actually do really understand what you're saying about Chloe and I'm on your side is such a huge change. Right. And the other thing is even though Chloe never behaved in that exact way with Chris or with the other family members, Chris is very aware of the fact that Chloe doesn't necessarily have the softest personality at times, specifically when she's mad. And so you know, it wasn't as if Scott was saying something and Chris is like, how dare you talk about my daughter? I've never seen her act in this way. But she knew. As soon as Chris started crying in terms of what happened with the wedding dress, she was like, oh God, I really fucked up and I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, which you're right. If, if you're choosing between the two, I'd rather somebody do something that's not the best and immediately recognize how off they were than trying to defend it like till the end. Right, exactly. But anyway, she goes to this anger management class. She ends up bringing Kim with her. And the counselor asks Chloe why she's there. And Chloe says, I got into a fight with my sister's boyfriend. And the teacher has her do this exercise where Kim pretends to be Scott and Chloe has to verbalize her feelings. And so Chloe starts out kind of jokingly saying, okay, I feel like you're a major douche lord. And the counselor kind of stops her and is like, no, let's get to the bottom of this. Like, tell me about your emotions. And she says, I feel like you're taking my sister away from me. And then in her confessional, she says, during this class, I'm realizing that my anger I have for Scott isn't really about him. It's about the fact that I feel like I'm losing Courtney and I feel like she's being taken away from me. Which, one, is so telling, but also there's a moment in this episode where Chris makes a comment of saying, you know, out of any of my kids, Chloe and Courtney are definitely the closest. And so everybody was really aware of what that relationship meant to Chloe. And so once she said it, I think it made a lot more sense to everyone. Oh, absolutely. And I can't help but think of their relationship now, especially with Chris saying that. And I was going to say that line as well, because, you know, it's not like Chris said, all of my kids are super close. They just have a special relationship. Like she blatantly said, Chloe and Courtney are by far the closest out of all of the kids. And they were a hundred percent. And I wonder if Chris in her mind still feels that way, or if she recognizes how much the dynamics have shifted as well. 
Well, I think about that constantly just because even when we were watching Annie's special, all we kept saying is that it seems Kim and Chloe are so in sync. Beyond so. It's weird because I don't know if it was on TikTok or somewhere, but very recently before I watched this episode, that clip circulated of when Jennifer Lawrence interviewed Kim when Jennifer was taking Jimmy Kimmel's spot for the week. And that was back in 2017. And Jennifer made this joking comment to Kim, something about how she's always on Chloe about her sense of style. And Kim kind of said, you know, yes, we get into it. However, me and Chloe are in a really good place right now. Actually, we all go through phases and Chloe and I are really, really vibing. And I was trying to think to myself, has it been since 2017 that we felt this way about Kim and Chloe, or did they go out of the quote phase and then now come back into it in full swing? It's hard for me to think back because, you know, before the fight happened on the show, we were saying it far before then. So timeline wise, yeah, that makes sense. And it could have even been before then that we had really noticed the connection between Chloe and Kim. I think when it really was at its strongest was after True was born, because I think what really bonded them more than anything else was that their parenting styles are so much more similar than Courtney's is with either one of them. But it definitely occurred before then. And I think something that probably happened was after Courtney's breakup with Scott, Courtney was kind of a different person, understandably so. Like she went through a lot of trauma with Scott. And I think it was during that time when Chloe and Kim were able to really bond because that really fun aspect of Courtney that Chloe always really held on to and that was kind of the base of their really strong bond wasn't really there anymore. And again, that's not Courtney's fault. She went through a really traumatic period and she had to really step up in the absence of Scott. But if I had to guess, it was probably around then, but like solidified after True was born. I definitely think there's a lot of legitimacy to the after True being born thing. But I also wonder if, you know, when Courtney was dating Eunice, the entire family was not on board for that, but specifically Kim and Chloe. And I have to wonder if that played into it at all because- there is no more bonding force than when you don't like somebody together, but then specifically when you feel almost a sense of protectiveness against that person because they're so close to somebody you love so much. So I just wonder if that played into it at all. Oh yeah. I think it was a lot of different factors. Like even now, as I'm thinking about it, Courtney obviously had Mason before either of them had kids. So I'm sure that while Courtney was parenting Mason in his earliest years, Chloe and Kim, who didn't have kids, were given time to bond then. Like, I think you would have to really, obviously, as we're doing, rewatch the show to pinpoint it. But I think it was way more gradual than we're thinking that it is. We should do that. That's an interesting kind of chart to make of like, obviously, just from our perspective, I'm sure it would be different if you talked to them, but just different things that could be pinpointed strictly from interviews, from the show, from things they've said, or just like trends you've noticed. I wonder how accurate that would be to, you know, as compared to what actually happened. But that's also why watching the show back is so much more fun because you pick up on things that you never would have picked up on the first time around watching it. And I still repeatedly, it's so evident, even from the very early seasons, how Chloe and Kylie's bond was one that really stuck out. Yes, yes. Anyway, so just to kind of finish this one out, after the class, Chloe goes over to Courtney and Scott's and she basically you know, tells him and lays it all out on the table. And she says, I handled it wrong. I almost feel or I felt like you were taking Courtney from me. And he says, I understand what it must be like for you to not have Courtney every day. 
She says, we're not Siamese twins. We can't be together all the time. I'm married now. She's having a baby, but I do want you to know that I'm sorry and I won't hit you anymore. And it kind of was like a sweet moment where I think Chloe just put her pride aside and said how she really felt. Do you think that if you could go back in time and show Chloe and Scott both how close they are now, they would believe it? No, no way. Especially with the shit Scott pulled over the years. There's no way. I mean, maybe a end of season four or mid-season five them would believe it, meaning after Mason was born, because I have to imagine that bonded them in such a different way. You know, that really solidified his place in the family because I don't think, like we said last week, in their mind, they were having a really hard time understanding that he was the father until there was like an actual baby to hold. (laughs) Um, But no, definitely not right now. It's wild to think about. It is. Anyway, so then the second plot line where what happens is that Chris goes out to lunch with her friend and her friend is saying how at this event she was at in kind of like the goodie bag, they gave everyone these organic male enhancement pills. And so Chris and Caitlin, the entire episode, they've just had a lot of sex and were very PDA, which personally I like because I feel like when I think back on their relationship, it's filled with so much negativity that these rare moments of just intimacy and like obsession for one another is kind of nice to see. Yeah, it was. I loved exploring the dynamic of especially back then. And Chris has always been like so sexual and we see that in the later seasons, especially in her relationship with Corey. So it's always interesting when we get glimpses of that in terms of her relationship with Caitlin. Right. And so they're, you know, kind of going at it the entire episode. And then at one point she wants to spice things up even more. So she puts one of these pills in Caitlin's coffee. And as we all know, Rob ends up drinking it instead. And so Rob is hard for hours on end and the episode centers around everybody trying to help him while he has like an ice pack on his dick. And it's just really one of those where it doesn't get old. No, it never gets old. And even the dynamic of Scott being his first call of being like, I don't know what to do and I need your help is so cemented in my mind as like the explanation of their relationship, especially in the earlier seasons. Oh, completely. And I also think how funny it would have been if Lamar was Rob's first call. And just, I almost wish that happened as well. So we could have seen both Lamar and Scott walking into Rob with his ice pack on his dick and like how they handled it differently or how they would have. If you had given it one more season, Lamar would have been the first call. Definitely. Absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. It's also, we always say this and we always make this point of like the dynamic between the family, especially when it came to sex or inappropriate things, was one of those things that just made it reality TV gold. Like you just couldn't believe what you were watching. And you get glimpses of that and like short little sentences or things that Chris says to Chloe, for example, like when Chris is saying like you have to seduce Lamar into getting you the house that you want, like. Those were some of the things we always said, like we couldn't believe those conversations were going on between parent and child. And it's what just made the show so good and like so amazing to watch. This was the episode where it was just an entire plot point of like, I cannot believe that this is going on. And the entire family is sitting in the doctor's waiting room trying to figure out why Rob can't like get his boner to go away. And I was like, this is what made the show. Like this is reality TV Hall of Fame stuff right here. 
Right. Because here's the thing. Even if you want to say this entire thing was bullshit, they still had to agree to do this plot line. And so many families wouldn't even go there. They wouldn't even want this as a subject that was remotely discussed. So even if it's bullshit, it's still just as good because they had to play the part. And the other thing is that even if, let's say, Rob didn't really take this and this wasn't a real thing, it's still centered so much around Chris and Caitlin's romantic dynamic. And that was also something in a lot of the shows where the parents weren't openly sexual with the audience, you know? Absolutely. And that's what I was saying before about how it almost doesn't matter whether it was a real plot point or a fake one, because either way, it's just too good. Like if it did happen and he did take the Viagra, that's a fucking amazing, hilarious thing that happened. If it was a fake plot point and they basically had to sit behind the scenes and have a conversation about that maybe happening or how that would play out and them acting it out, that might even be better. It almost is. It's just so good. I really just appreciated this so much. And because it was happening to Rob, if it happened to Scott, it would be funny. But the fact that it was happening to Rob made it so much more special. I so agree. And then it ends, obviously, they're at Chris's house for the family dinner. And Scott and Rob, they just want to fuck with Chris at this point. So they say to her, they're like, you know, we drank some of your coffee and they walk in and they pull these cucumbers out of their pants, which like, again, just a continuation on the fact of whether or not it was real, it is still playing out. And at the very root of it, it's because they all know and it's out there in the open that Chris and Caitlin just have a lot of sex. And that is something that I really can get on board with. I can too. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So the next episode, episode four, the major plots here are Chloe thinking she's pregnant and then kind of just a discussion about Kim's overall persona at the time in the sense that she's constantly late and she's kind of constantly lying, which yes, exaggerated, but I wouldn't say that this painted Kim in the best light. No, it definitely didn't. I almost feel, I noticed this a lot when I was watching this episode about how Kim had this way of monetizing her vanity. And I say this a lot with Dorit on Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Like if you own it and you own the fact that you're a little bit self-centered and you're really vain, you can't really be criticized for it in the same way. 
Right. Because you can't, yeah, it's really hard to criticize somebody for something if they own it themselves. Cause it's like, what are you picking on? Something that they already acknowledge. It's there's, it's like, it takes the fun out of picking apart somebody. You're trying to analyze somebody when they've already told you that thing about themselves. Right. And Kim was like, not only do I own this, I'm also going to monetize the hell out of it. I'm going to make a Kim Kardashian Hollywood game. I'm going to make a perfume bottle out of my body. I'm going to just do a lot of things that I think a lot of people would stop because they'd have that moment of like, does this come across as a little bit too self-centered? And Kim just ran with that. And so the public has kind of taken her in and come to expect that in a way. You know, what's interesting, just going back to that conversation we were having earlier about Chloe and Kim, the robbery also changed Kim in a lot of ways in terms of what her view of like the things she found to be important are in her view of herself. And that also probably played into her relationship with Chloe changing because it definitely played into the way the public perceived Kim. Well, they said it, right? They said it in the Andy thing, how they actually think that she is a better sister as a result of it. Yeah, they did say that. And I mean, she clearly is. There's a lot of things about her that you very much notice change. But I think when you're her sister, those things affect you personally rather than like, oh, I like that aspect of her better as an onlooker. Yes. No, completely. So this next episode opens with the fact that Kim and Reggie are back together and they're all having this family dinner at Chris's house. Kim and Reggie are kind of off to the side in the den. She's on top of him. She's straddling him. And this is another example of what we were talking about before where it was very rare to have a reality show with a family this close, this quote established. No, not established, but they were on their way up to fame, fine. And this level of PDA within the family. Yeah, it was just a level of open that we were all in all probably not familiar with. Right. And the other thing is that Caitlin, obviously for so many of the seasons, definitely served as kind of like the quote strict parent in a way, or at times she could be seen as you know, a downer on certain things. But when it came to this type of stuff, all of that went away. She was not necessarily resistant to them being PDA in the house. It was like, I don't know, interesting battles that she chose. I guess maybe because her and Chris were like that, so she felt it would have been hypocritical. I think with Caitlin, there was just a certain point where she learned the most effective way of dealing with anything was just to roll her eyes at it and move on. Right. And like really picking her battles. And I think also Scott and Courtney kind of set the bar for that. And the way they were so PDA and clearly weren't stopping, no matter what Caitlin had said, kind of set the tone for everybody else. Right. And let us not forget also, you know, Brody Jenner is Caitlin's son. And there was definitely plenty of that going on for a while. Oh, absolutely. So in this first real scene, this was when Chloe and Lamar go on Chelsea Lately, and it's their first on-air interview as a married couple. And just in general, the whole thing, you know, watching any of the Kardashians in a green room for an interview pre their real fame is so fascinating to me because they still have that spark of excitement and there's kind of this newness to them. And this is pre-media training, you know, they aren't as prepared. And so that is not something we see anymore. <laughs> no, definitely not. I also think Chloe in general was just so proud to be part of a couple with Lamar. Like genuinely, she was so proud to be his wife and was so proud to have him as her husband. Oh, absolutely. And it showed so much in everything she did. This interview also, clearly Chloe was comfortable with it. And I have to imagine this was something that they were willing to talk about, but this would never happen in this way where they sit down and 
Chelsea basically asks, so you're not pregnant? Chloe's like, no, I don't think so. And Lamar says, soon. And Chelsea, you know, pries a little bit, nothing necessarily inappropriate, but today that would never happen. No, to even ask that question wouldn't take place and rightfully so and understandably so. But at the time, it was certainly the norm for that question to be asked in an interview like this. Right. And it wasn't like anywhere in this episode in her confessional or on the show, did Chloe express any sort of uncomfortability with that question. Right. I think I watched every single episode of Chelsea lately. Me too. It was one of my favorite shows, honestly. I miss it so much. That was a good one. It's hard to find a show like that that doesn't feel cheesy, kind of. No, she just did it in a way that was so unique to her and so unique to the time. And she got away, obviously, with a lot of stuff based on what was allowed to be said at the time. And it was just, it was like the perfect late night show. Lamar's hand is kind of on Chloe's thigh the whole time. Like they're very much intertwined. And Chelsea says, you guys are very affectionate. I've been watching you. I got to go to my office and take a long nap. Yeah, they were. They were so affectionate and they were always touching each other. I mean, that's why we were always saying is the scenes where, especially when they're at his hotel room and at the SLS and they're in bed, we're like, this is exactly what I want to be watching right now. No, completely. Also, this was kind of like the Courtney and Travis blueprint. Yes. Yes. Very similar vibes in terms of the touchiness. I mean, Courtney and Travis took things to another level like I've never seen before, specifically within the family. Like I thought, here we are talking about the PDA and everything is just like, oh my God, there's so much PDA. We can't believe they're doing it like this. Travis stepped in and they were like, if you think that's something, just you wait. That is exactly what happened. I also meant to say this to you. I saw that you sent me an Alabama TikTok. When I went to watch it, it was deleted. What was it? It looked like Landon and something. I think Landon has a girlfriend. So interesting. I am so unbelievably fascinated with Alabama and Landon's sibling dynamic because they genuinely seem like they are best friends. And by the way, in the early days of Courtney and Travis, which wasn't that long ago, but kind of seems like forever ago, like they were a very main source of information. Remember that TikTok they did when they were on vacation in, I think it was in Aspen and they were all sitting around and it was the on passing the phone to somebody and we were like, oh my God, they're all on vacation together and we couldn't believe it. Right. Well, that's the thing. Then we always talk about this. We have not experienced yet what it's like to have Kardashian children that are of the age where they and their own social media could actually be like giving any sort of insight. Not that they would in a way that was you know, breaking confidentiality within the parents, but just kind of like a peek into their lives. If anything, Mason is just getting on TikTok. So what we're basically seeing is the future of what it's going to be like when North and Penelope and all of them can have TikTok in the same way that Alabama and Landon can. And it's not going to be for a while because Mason kind of ruined that for everybody else. Right. But this is technically the first, if we want to use any like step sibling or potential step sibling under the umbrella of children. This is the first example of Kardashian children's social media presence. Oh, absolutely. And because they give you a little bit of an insight to that as well. I mean, listen, Mason was on for a little bit of time and he definitely divulged information that he was not supposed to and nothing bad or nothing that crossed the line. It was just like they weren't controlling what he was putting out. He was in his room alone doing his dances, but also talking about Kylie and Travis and talking about his parents. And so you started to get a little bit there and you obviously see TikToks every so often of North and her friends, Penelope and North and their friends hanging out. Like you get little glimpses of that. But 
what's interesting about Alabama and Landon, but more specifically Alabama, is that Alabama, like we've spoken about, like kind of approaches the family from a little bit of a fan angle as well. Like she insta storied at the Kylie Cosmetics office, which was so interesting because obviously the family does that as well, where they think it's cool to be there and they want to show off the office because the office is a very cool space to be. But there's something that's like more of a flex or obviously a flex in general for Alabama to show herself walking in after hours to the Kylie office. So the way that she specifically uses it in general to kind of show off things from her perspective is so interesting because it's done in a different way, even if the family is showing the exact same stuff. I so agree with that. And I actually think there were a couple of different ways that she could have played this when her dad started seriously dating Courtney. And the fact that she maintained that transparency with her audience, and I know we're talking about a 15 year old, but still, I mean, she has a large TikTok presence and she clearly has a lot of eyes on her right now at this moment, just in terms of what's going on. And she still allowed herself to be a fan. And I just think that so many other people, specifically people her age, wouldn't have known how to play it. And that's understandable. Like, how do you play something like this, especially when you're so young? But I just think not trying to come across as like too cool did her really well. Oh, absolutely. It is. It's so fascinating to watch. So Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Next scene, they're at Chris's house. And this is when we're introduced to the plot line of Kim lying. But the reason I want to mention this particular scene is because she gets a call from Brittany Gastineau and she pretends to be sick saying she doesn't want to go because she didn't feel like going out with her. But I personally have followed Brittany Gastineau closely, I guess, since the beginning of Kardashians because 2005 to 2006, her and her mom, Lisa, had that show Gastineau Girls on E! And I just remember being really interested in her and their dynamic. And they were friends for a while. And then apparently... Around 2011, Kim and her stopped being friends, reportedly after Brittany expressing concerns about Kim being engaged to Chris Humphreys. So I don't know how accurate this is, but I remember Brittany ended up going to the wedding. And then after that, according to a lot of the articles, she stopped answering her calls and she wasn't really spoken about in the family. But then when Courtney did that birthday trip in 2017, Brittany was there. And so I don't know. She's only following Courtney and Courtney's the only one that follows her, but 
I, for some reason, like took an interest to that niche. It's kind of like the Joyce Benelli of it all. You are very interested. By the way, I know this episode didn't paint Kim in the best light, but lying and saying you're sick so you can get out of a plan is the most relatable thing in the entire world. Yeah, duh. Also, it wasn't like she was lying about major things. I think the family was fed up because her lies seemed to be just so based in like selfishness, which obviously is something that they were annoyed with her about in general, but nothing was a huge deal here. You know what her confessionals about lying reminded me of? Like there's so many TikToks of people being like, I can't help it. I just love to fucking lie all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That was her. She owned it. Again, if she owns it, how much can you come down on her for it? I think lying to get out of plans is a universal. I think if you say that you don't lie to get out of plans, you're lying. Like you're already lying to my face. Yeah. That's why though for me, I – have this thing where I can only be friends with people where I can just directly text them like, I'm sorry, I just can't do it today. I mean, no one expects you to show up anyway. I'm really, I feel good at that. I've cemented that as my place. It's incredibly (laughs) impressive. So, okay. Second plot line here is obviously Chloe wanted to get pregnant. And so she's at the hotel with Lamar and they're just talking about how they want a big family and her period is late. And so she's telling Courtney, Scott comes in, they're talking about it. And she says to Scott, you know, now that I'm married, I don't use condoms. And he goes, I heard through the grapevines, Elo says you're a hell of a girl in the sack. That was like one of my favorite lines in this episode. Well, because you could see Chloe was loving it. There's something about the way that Scott just words things that it makes every single thing better. And great comedic timing. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Both of those things go into it. So the plot continues about thinking Chloe's pregnant and they're at this photo shoot for famous cupcakes and she gets nauseous. She's going to the bathroom to throw up. But it's so funny because I think at the time we felt like this famous cupcakes photo shoot or all these shoots they were doing were such a big deal. And I now look at it kind of in the lens of like, wow, they were really taking everything that they could get. Not that that's a bad thing. Clearly the strategy worked, but watching it now, you look at it in a totally different way. Oh, absolutely. Like, can't, like, you're like, this is some season one shit. What are you doing? Right. But for them, it was still so exciting. Their journey, especially when you look at it just from the brands that they work with, is so interesting because even now, like, Kylie will do her Insta stories of like the BoxyCharm box, the FabFitFun box. And you're like, how did you still get roped into this? Like, do they have you in some sort of like a lifetime contract that you can't get out of? I always wonder that. I mean, I feel that the most when they do the giveaways for the Louis Vuitton bags. Uh, I'm like, who is holding you hostage? That makes me so upset. I can't, I don't know why I care and I get it. If you have the opportunity to make, you know, 500 grand in one post, you you should do it. But it's just so off-brand and so trashy to me. I just feel like whoever is in charge of that has some piece of information on them. Right. Or the commission is just, I don't know. It, it, it has to be something so worth it. Or it's just Scott's thing and they're all doing it to support him because he feels like the real ringleader of, the, of it all. Well, he definitely does. And then he, it's weird because he'll post the ones with pictures of Kim or pictures of Kendall. And it's like, wait a second, if it's not even going on their page, how did you get so, uh, how did you get the ability to do this? Who has won one? Like, I have to know. I know somebody posted once on TikTok they did, but it's literally the exact same equivalent of like who won the cruise with Zach and Cody. Oh, yeah. No, somebody did. They they did research and they found the girl. I want to know if there were more people. That should be its own. Whoever does those should have a podcast or a YouTube channel. I would watch a YouTube show of like 
people winning those types of not even just the Kardashian giveaway of that, like anybody who actually won one of those things that they were advertised for. Because I just feel like we've spent all of our lives like trying to win these things that in my mind, no one's ever gotten them. I know. (laughs) Yeah. If you are one of those people, please contact us in our DMs. We have some further follow-up questions. Yeah. Tell us some shit you've won. I've literally never won anything. I don't even think I've ever won a raffle. I've just never tried. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this is when they're in the car and Chloe's telling Kim that her period's late. And I noticed in this episode, I don't think we have ever seen one episode of Keeping Up where Kim is in the front seat and the mirror is not up. It is always up. Do you see she's focused on the fact that Chloe potentially is pregnant, but also has one eye on herself in the mirror? That is such an interesting observation and you're so right. Right? No, you are 100% right. And she doesn't even try to hide it. She is so funny. She's so funny. She, I just think she's the best. I, I can't – I don't know. I know some people are serious Courtney stands, but I just think Kim is like far and above the best. No, I think people are Courtney stands in a different way. I don't know. I think it's because it used to feel like you were rooting for the underdog. Like it was cool to be a Courtney Stan. And then because of TikTok, everyone has kind of gotten on that train, which I get, but Kim's always going to be mine. Always. Kim will always be my number one. I, And for me, Chloe is like a, a straight behind number two. Yeah. Oh, easily. And then Chris. Yeah. And then Stormy. <laughs> no, Stormy might be above Chris. I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com. The place to find a place. So as this episode progresses, we find out that Kim ends up telling Chris, even though she's not supposed to. And Chris is really excited about this pregnancy, whether or not, you know, this whole thing is real. But it's kind of, I guess, positive to see how quickly any of the hesitations about Chloe marrying Lamar dissipated in the sense that if Chloe really was pregnant, Chris would have been thrilled. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Chris has this one funny moment where she's like, oh my God, is that why they had to get married? But obviously, all in all, if there's one thing we know about Chris is that a grandchild in the family is absolutely something she would be thrilled about. Yeah. Welcoming with open arms. There was never a thought of like, you know, maybe you should see how the marriage goes. Because even when she said you guys are still in the honeymoon phase, it wasn't like you should see if you still want to raise a child together. It was like, maybe you should just sit in this enjoyment a little more. Chris really loved Lamar a lot. I think she still does. Oh, I I absolutely think she does. But 
specifically at the time, not just as a like, in retrospect, I'll always love you thing. Because obviously, if you remember when Lamar was really going through it, and after the coma, when Chloe really stepped in and put the divorce on pause, Chris was for a long time, his point of contact. And so even now, obviously, Chris will always have love for him. But at the time, in terms of like, Chloe making the choice to marry Lamar, I think that she couldn't have been more thrilled with it and was so happy to have Lamar in the family. Yes, I think so too. I also just want to mention that Kanye is really back. He's posting up a storm. Do you see? I see it. I'm, I I see it. <laughs> Very interesting. And he's still only following Kim. I, I would be really upset if he stopped following her. I wonder how – I guess I wonder, are, do you think that they're going to promote his album? Yes. I think so too. That'll be interesting to see. I absolutely think they will. They're really good at things like that. And I'm really curious to see if there will be any references to the family in the songs. Because if you remember when he dropped Yay and there was that listening party that was like the live stream, Isabel and I were both up listening to it. And he had that line about Tristan cheating on Chloe. Like all these thoughts on Christian Mingle, almost what got Tristan single. And then there was the other line that was like, call that taking Corey Gambles. And I could not believe those two names were being dropped in a Kanye song. So I'm so interested to see if A, there are any other like references to the family in his songs or if there's any Kim references specifically. I feel like there has to be. And I so vividly remember us losing it over that Christian Mingle line, not because we thought that Kanye wouldn't talk about it. It was just how quickly after it almost felt like it was still happening in a way. That was really some shit. When he said that line, I, my, I remember my jaw just dropping. Every time I hear it now, I'm like, wow, I still can't believe he said that. Yeah. That's that's what it is about rap, though, that allows for those types of things, you know? Yeah. It's true. I mean, if, if Kim was married to somebody who expressed their art in a different form, we would not get a line like that. No. And especially Kanye, who's so bold in his lines like that. That's really also what it is. God, that was amazing. I, I'm very excited about this album. Yeah. So anyway, next plot is just a continuation of Kim's personality at the time. And she's supposed to take Kendall and Kylie to the beach. And they're in the kitchen. They haven't heard from her. And she calls to basically say that she was running and she tripped over this dog and she sprained her ankle. And so we end up finding out they go with Caitlin to bring her flowers. And she's taking out the shopping bags from her car. And she says to them, yeah, that's not true. I thought you would have been more offended if I told you that. I just forgot about it. And it's this very dramatic thing where Kendall aggressively drops the jar of flowers that they had brought her, whatever. But I did love this moment of where Kim had to kind of like talk to Kendall and Kylie in a way that Chloe would. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I know we always talk about, you know, I guess Kylie as it applies to plastic surgery, not specific speculations, but just in general. But it really goes to show you how Kendall had worked on too, very subtly, but the nose job thing is a real thing. She looked absolutely great before. I'm speaking specifically objectively. She has a different nose now than she did in this episode. You know what's funny is that obviously the nose job thing, and we've spoken about this so much, like in my eyes and your eyes, I think for a lot of us, like we really grew up with the idea of nose jobs just being so common. So it wasn't really a taboo subject, but for a lot of people, like it was, and I think for them not being open about their nose jobs probably had a lot to do with that being taboo. And something that I've noticed recently is that all of these TikTokers who get their noses done 
are posting with the bandages on, like, no problem. Like, here's what I did. I have my nose job. I'm not going to stop posting just because I can't take these bandages off. And that's what's so interesting is that change of like, keeping this a secret, I will take two weeks off so nobody knows versus I got this done two days ago and here I am posting with the bandages on. Well, I think about that a lot, how the culture of TikTok fame, since these people are becoming you know, mainstream celebrities for young kids, will impact the transparency around plastic surgery. I think that it will increase it a lot. I think it already has. I think so too. But what's interesting is the discussion of like, does transparency then mean that it will create an environment where more people want it because it is so much more common versus keeping it a secret, having it be a little bit taboo, and then people deciding, you know, I'm I'm not going to make those changes or I'm not going to go through with this because it's not as spoken about of a thing or it's not as common of a thing versus seeing it being really common and being like, oh, everybody does this. I'm just going to do it too. Yeah. I, I wonder. I don't know. But I do think, you know... I mean, I don't think you have an obligation, obviously, if you have something done to, to tell people about it. But I think that net-net, it's a positive thing because it does directly benefit the unrealistic expectation thing. Oh, I, I think so too. But I do think there is an element of it being a very double-edged sword where you almost get so desensitized to it that you don't recognize the fact that people are still making changes to their body or people are still going through major surgeries to achieve a certain look because you're so desensitized to the fact that it is something major that you're doing. I mean, I don't know. It is an interesting discussion to have. Oh, I mean, in general, I think like this has nothing to do with age or transparency. This is just in general. The idea of plastic surgery is not met with the same concern for safety as a regular operation because people see it as so desirable, right? So like that is, I think, one of the biggest issues. I mean, you see to Dr. Uh, Dubrow is talking so much publicly right now about how like BBLs are one of the most dangerous procedures you can get. And not that you shouldn't get one if you want one, but don't think that it's just some walk in the park. And that I think, no matter how you feel about plastic surgery, whether you're for it, against it, you still have to acknowledge this is your body undergoing major surgery and undergoing most likely a form of anesthesia that could have complications. And that needs to be treated with the same level of sensitivity as medically necessary procedures. Oh, I so agree. So agree. Yeah. Anyway, so as we all know, Chloe ends up getting her period. She's not pregnant. She's upset, but I think also, you know, she says the universe will give this to me when it's meant to be and God has a plan. And a lot of times when you hear people say it, you think that it's bullshit, but something about this family that is so true is they really are religious in that way in terms of their consistency with like the power of prayer has been something that, I mean, they've spoken about since the very early days. And I remember specifically when Lamar was in the coma and they were asking for prayers. I remember watching, I forget what show it was, but one of the commentators said, you know, I think it actually was Van Jones, honestly said, this is a family that doesn't just preach the power of prayer. They genuinely, genuinely believe in it. And so when Chloe says something like that, I believe that she meant it. Oh, totally. And what's interesting about Chloe saying that is the understanding of that pregnancy journey in retrospect of her saying like, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. And thank God that it happened that way where she ended up having kind of a difficult time getting pregnant and then, you know, took it into her own hands to purposely not get pregnant because of how her relationship was with Lamar. Totally, totally. It's crazy how life works in that way. 
Yeah, definitely. So anyway, the you know the final funny moment just from this episode is when Courtney's telling Chris how when her and Chloe lived together, they would just cheer each other on if they heard each other having sex. And that felt a little bit reminiscent of us. <laughs> well, what a beautiful ending, kid. <laughs> did it not? It did a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that is all. We love you guys so much. Is when I will see you tomorrow for Bravo. Julie and I will see you Monday for the regular episode. And we love you guys. Thanks for listening. 